Right, hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 37 now. And today I'm joined by Football Index Info, and he's actually called Chris. So Chris, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners, mate? Hi, mate. Yeah, it's good <coughs> Good to be on here. Yeah, I'm Footy Index Info, and uh, that's my kind of uh, code name. And uh, yeah, that's me, basically. Just joined the Index about a year ago, chucked in a grand, and yeah, well, as the Index, just like the Index, we're on our way up, aren't we? So... <laughs> oh that's pretty brave though what a, a grand on your first deposit what kind of drew you into it and, and what made you so confident to chuck in that amount of money at the beginning um to be honest it was the offer that they did about the 500 pound refund kind of thing if you if it didn't go to plan and i had a couple of friends on there um that had been on there for only a month or so said it was really good and i said yeah let's go for it especially because i knew obviously i wanted to try and catch it as it was on the way up and the way that it was going at the time, there was kind of only one way. You couldn't really make a bad choice at the time, could you? So, uh... yeah, for sure, definitely, and uh, yeah, clearly gone strength from strength to strength since uh, since you luckily deposited. How, how long ago was it? About a year. So yeah, it was yeah about yeah a year ago now, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Well, good good year for you so far, then, mate. Something like that. <laughs> well, the the first thing we're going to talk about is kind of the next market cycles. I actually posted in the forum asking what what kind of topics people wanted to be discuss and actually ask you what you wanted to kind of chat about and something that both of you guys mentioned was uh was what the next market cycles were going to be i've got a few things noted down here so after the world cup that obviously on the 15th of july up to the 10th of august we've got 20 days of triple media so presumably we're going to see a bit of transfer activity then chris i mean yeah you would have thought so you know how it is now kind of people buying in anticipation for the um for the cycles now so now that we're kind of in, we're getting into that, you'd expect all the media buzz players to rise. Um, with it being triple media, I would have thought you'd get some transfer activity as well, which means that you should get some people in who are looking for moves and stuff. Hopefully they, they sneak into the uh, top three. And if they've got a chance of that, then as you know, they'll rise themselves as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw that massive rise from Gareth Bale after the Champions League final. And I, I don't know, it, it seems people have kind of forgotten about that a little bit. They've forgotten that the transfer activity is such a big thing on Football Index. And when there are these big stories and big moves, we saw it with Fabinho winning buzzer a few times. Even Naby Keita recently, even though he, he joined Liverpool ages ago uh, when he was confirmed as a Liverpool player, he, he snuck into uh, the top three, even though it was a single day. Uh, I, I just do think that with this, with the triple media buzz coming up, we are going to see those players that sneak in rise quite significantly, wouldn't you have thought? Yeah, definitely. I think um, kind of the way that the cycles are, it's almost like in the football index community, people think that it's going from the World Cup straight into like performance buzz. Uh, and I think people have like kind of forgotten about that that, that, that 20 day in between, you know. Um, so when people come to realise kind of then you definitely imagine some some players that you'd expect to get in the media to rise, definitely. Like the Fakirs, them kind of people. Yeah, I definitely think there's a maybe a hesitation from traders because they might not know who's gonna be linked. Obviously you mentioned Fakir there, who's been a it's been one of the bigger transfer stories so far this summer. But some of those guys that got links before the World Cup, they might not get them again after. So I think that's that's what's putting people off maybe investing in transfer link players because for example, if Fakir uh I don't know, those links suddenly die off, then he's not worth maybe as much as he is because, you know, the transfer links have, have kind of inflated his price to where it is now. Uh and you might not you might get that with quite a few other players players as well so it'll be really interesting to see 
what maybe new players are linked after the World Cup that, that haven't had those previous links and whether or not they'll kind of fly up as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's where you make that serious money in it in the transfer window is not going on those people that have already had previous links. Like you said, they're already inflated. If you can find those newbies that haven't quite got those links yet, that's where that's where you can make some serious dough. Definitely. And I think there's there's also been obviously quite a few links during the World Cup, but we haven't seen the same action in terms of price. Like players have been linked and, and usually if the, the World Cup wasn't on, we'd see big rises and maybe we've seen, I don't know, a quarter of that expected rise. So maybe when the World Cup ends and we get those same links, then those rises are going to be a bit bigger. And so some of those players that you could maybe pick up on a on a cheaper on a cheaper deal uh, on, on football index is going to be quite appealing to a few players but also definitely what what you just said there is 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 definitely something that traders should have a look at you, you want to be on those players that haven't had those massive rises already you want to have a a look at those players who maybe haven't had those links and try and predict those links and if you can do that as you said you'll be rolling in it right yeah exactly that's you know i mean you're exactly right because obviously the, the earlier you manage to get onto that you know, upwards trend, then the more money you'll end up making at the end of the day. Yeah, that, that, that is literally it. <laughs> Good way to sum it up. <laughs> yeah, that, that is literally it, though. I think these players that have had massive rises already, to be fair, they could rise more just purely because, like you said, with the triple media coming, then they, they might sneak in. At the end of the day, the dividends is what reflects pe- the players' prices. <laughs> so the more chance they've got of winning some dividends, and obviously the more they should rise. Definitely. And if you are on those players early, it means there's less pressure on you to, to try and find the optimum time to, to exit a player, right? So if you get on someone at 60p and maybe they peak at 150, if you get out at 130, then you've made still a significant amount of money. But also, uh, you know, that means that you can deploy that capital that you've just made earlier than everyone else because everyone's waiting to to sell at like 150 or whatever yeah and then you obviously you get to hopefully then put that on the next 60p player that's going to do that and exactly if you can get on that early then you don't need to worry so much about so like you said selling it at that peak and there's not that much pressure because you know what it's like watching you play and knowing <laughs> that you missed the peak as well um so it's a lot less pressure to be fair like being ahead of that cycle yeah, definitely, mate. And uh, speaking of cycles, the next one we might see, as you mentioned, and a lot of money's already gone in this area, is, is those PB players or players that are going to win you some some performance buzz dividends. And we've got Premier League and Liga starting on the 11th of August, uh, La Liga starting on the 18th of August, Serie A on the 19th of August, and the last but not least, Bundesliga on the 24th of August. So did you think it's too early that people are going into these players? Yeah, I mean, I've spoken in like various spoken to various people about it and obviously there's been you know rises in players already in there i mean if you look at the after city team they've already risen and um been trying to question you know is this the the pb rise in these players or is there a lot more to come in reality it is a bit early if you're actually looking for the dividends but that's it isn't it if you want to get the capital appreciation of it all you that's, you've you just got to, you've got to do it before everyone else Mm, for sure. Do you, do you think, though, that because some of these players are rising so high, as you said, that you mentioned the City team there, we're looking at the old, the likes of um, you know, Otamendi, uh, David Silva, 
even Kevin De Bruyne, who maybe wasn't the, the best PB player last season, already rising, even even the likes of Benjamin Mendy, who, who didn't play last season. Um, are we in danger of seeing a lot of these, and I'm not going to call them bubbles just yet, but a lot of these players that have risen really high come crashing down if they don't return PB dividends quite soon after the season starts? Yeah, definitely. I mean, these guys are seen as the, the, the go-to, aren't they, for the PB side of things. So if they don't return early on, People get impatient. They're going to go. They're going to go out of people's portfolios. But that's not to say you shouldn't buy, because <laughs> why wouldn't you if you if they're going to rise another forty p? You'd be stupid not to. In reality, you know. Yeah, but also on the flip side of what I just said, if they do win PB, then that hype's going to be justified, right? And you're going to have <laughs> you're going to have another another big rise. As you said, you know, they could rise maybe whatever twenty thirty p between now and then. But if they win PB, you're not overly getting those dividend returns. You're also probably getting another bump of ten, fifteen, twenty p, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just about what strategy you use. And I think ideally it would be maybe to kind of maybe sell before the season for me. Um, and then see what happens. Whether they whether they smash it, you might be able to get on, and whether they don't, you might be able to buy on the drop. Like that's that's that would be my tactic. But obviously, everyone's varies. Mm, for sure, and I, I mean there is it's such a double edged sword, isn't it? You sell before, and you, you've locked in that profit, and you move it into areas that haven't risen already. But on the other hand. If they do in PB, then then you're missing out on making quite quite a lot. So you just kind of have to weigh up the the risk the reward there. But it may are we are we maybe missing out on people? I, I don't know. Like a lot of people are speculating on players that won PB a lot last season and saying, look, you should buy X player, Y player, Z player because they scored quite high. Are there uh, maybe people missing out a trick and saying, look, I think this guy might perform better than he did last season and therefore I think he's going to be due a rise because he, he's got more of a chance of winning PB. Rather than going for the, the mainstay guys, as, as we mentioned, Otamendi the, the, and the rest of these City guys, are we, are we missing out on someone saying, right, you know what, instead of that, look at the Man City squad who might be breaking in and might be might be breaking the mould for, for that City team and who might be taking advantage of the system that they have and maybe have that breakout season, whether it be, I don't know, a, a Zinchenko, a Bernardo Silva, a Benjamin Mendy, uh, all, all these guys. Um, I mean, even Gabriel Jesus didn't have the best PB returns last season if he started scoring. Uh, are people maybe missing out and maybe ignoring the, the players that could have that breakthrough year rather than you know, just looking at those guys who did play well last season. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like we did have kind of last year, I mean, obviously before, you know, PB came out, a lot of stats were done about what PB scores would have been the year before. Um, and there were some which were very similar, but of course you're going to get these anomalies or these, or these players that break through. If you can, if you can guess and kind of try and work out who that's going to be, then you're going to be, you're going to be rolling in it to an extent. Um, I mean, to to be fair, I, I think la, this season stats just gone. That's kind of all people have to go on for now. But I do think, you know, you should really be looking to see who you think will do well next year. I mean, if someone had thought to themselves, oh, Perejo's going to have a great pace line or whatever it is because of all this passing, he takes pens and all that. If they'd have realised that, then obviously they would have made a lot of money. And I think the opportunity is there to do it again this year because no year is ever the same as the last. Exactly. And I really want to pick up on that. There are so many variables and I think people are in danger of buying in some of these players quite high when maybe their teams are going through a transitional phase, whether it be new manager, new tactics, uh, even new players. I mean, we saw the the likes of uh, Fakir and 
and Depay rise both, both of them rising at the same time. Uh, Depay won, I think one or two of his PB wins were when Fakir was out injured. So, it, I mean, if Fakir stays, does Depay's chances of winning PB increase? Potentially, but then maybe Leon's chances of winning decrease. So then there's that kind of thing as well. That There are just so many variables. I mean, we even look at um, you know Arsenal with a new manager and, and it looks like a, a massive change in, in in the squad uh Real Madrid with a new manager they're, they're a big team PB wise uh, Napoli who are kind of a, a lot of football index traders darlings when it comes to PB uh whether you whether you believe in the hype or not or, or you think it's justified or not a lot of people are interested in them and of course that they've had a change in manager as well and you look at even Juventus losing quite a few players and, and they're looking to have a whole wholesale changes in their squad so I do think people need to be slightly careful and maybe not make presumptions that you know a certain players are going to repeat their performances from last season because as we've seen there are just so many variables and as you've mentioned they, they, they can be maybe slightly dangerous for traders yeah I mean my advice would be don't maybe don't buy at this high price thinking that you're going to potentially hold throughout the season because if it don't return you're going to lose a lot of money I'm a, like I said, if you're going to buy, in my opinion, if you're going to buy these players that maybe last year were really good at uh, raking in the dividends with a performance buzz, then buy them because other people are going to buy them. I mean, I know that, I think it was at the first trader meet with <laughs> with Lex Van Dam, and he said, buy who you what you think other people will buy, not what you think is yeah. a good buy. And I think that kind of is the right phrase to use when it comes to these like these Ottomendis and these kind of players where other people probably will buy them because that's all they've got to go off. But then I wouldn't rely on holding them at that price throughout the season because if it don't go to plan, then you, you could end up losing money. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, it just takes a bit of research to... I know a lot of people have been talking about, say, uh, and I'm going to mention Isco because I've got uh, I've got the Spain game up now as they're about to go into penalties. But um, he's... Uh, he he's going to be going back to Real Madrid, and a lot of people are talking about how the the former Spain manager quite fancies him as a, as a player, and and will play him in his preferred position and give him like a bit of more of a starring role. But at the same time, you know Real Madrid aren't going to sit around and and you know not make any signings. And I love Isco as a player, but he may very well have a kind of bit part role like last season. So I think buying and thinking that a player is going to definitely have that defined star role in a team uh, is is also quite dangerous because when it comes to it, as you said, if, the, if they don't start the first game of the season or if they don't uh, return in the first, say, 10 games of the season... There's going to be there's going to be a bit of bloodshed, isn't there? And I think that's one thing I want to talk about is, is the volatility that we might see because of all these cycles. Are, are you are you preparing yourself for that? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm like, I think if you're a flipper at, as people say, then you kind of, you kind of look forward to it. Um, you, you know where where there's going to be volatility with all these different leagues starting and PB and transfers, which means there's obviously people are going to not be happy because people are going to drop but because money's moved but at the same time there's going to be opportunity for everyone so you know there's two ways of looking at it if you've got a di- uh, good diversity in your portfolio then you've got half a chance of catching catch some good some good purchases 
Yeah, and it means that what we were talking about before kind of resonates here as well. If you can get on those players that haven't had those links yet and you can guess them and you can guess those players that might do well in PB and you're diversified enough with having maybe some some more household names in, in both media buzz and performance buzz, then when those rises come, you can kind of trade out them with less pressure as we, we talked about earlier. So I, I think it could be a great opportunity for, for index traders. And I've, I've noted down here as well, um, it must be noted that, that Europe starts in about mid-September. So that's the Champions League and Europa League. Obviously, we saw like extraordinary rises last season. I think people maybe have let that one creep uh, creep over their heads because I, I was thinking about this the other day. Koke went from about, what, 70p up to £2.40 or something across the, the Europa League um, campaign. And obviously, Ronaldo went from about just under £6 to, to nearly £10 during the Champions League campaign. So are people maybe sleeping on, on Europa and Champions League? Even last season, I think at times people slept on it. I mean, the Koke <laughs> one was, was obviously a, a huge rise. And I think maybe when you get into kind of the, the, the second, third game in those Champions League stages and you start to see which of the top teams are going to go into Europa League, you'll start to see some big rises. Um, but also importantly, you get to see what what teams are fielded in the Europa League by their managers. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, of course. Yeah, that's 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 another point. And obviously, you've got um, Chelsea. Uh, are Chelsea playing Europa? They are, aren't they? You're open, oh, you get to see kind of what maybe fringe players they play and then you can be looking at picking up some some cheap young players. There aren't very many cheap young players at the moment. <laughs> well, not cheap, cheap young players, but you might have players that, that, that might rotate into that squad. I know that um, obviously last season for Arsenal, we had... Uh, Abamian couldn't play in the Europa League, so we saw like a, a rise in Lacazette, for example. I think he went from uh, yeah Welbeck, for example, when Lacazette was injured. So those are the type of players that people not those specific type of players, but those types of players. And I'm doing air quotes. Those guys that don't start every single game, but might have uh, have a role in in Europa League. And talk about Chelsea there, Maurizio Sarri, the the manager who's expected to go to Chelsea, is 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 a well known nutter. Uh, he, he loves the he loves to sub players on like fifty five minutes or whatever or, or before half time sometimes and I wonder what he'll do. I'm quite interested to see what he'll do in the Europa League if, if Chelsea do do get him. Um, but also again, uh, Unai Emery will he take that really seriously with Arsenal? Will um, will he be looking as that that as a, a massive opportunity to, to to win his first trophy and kind of uh, start this this new legacy with with a win? So it's going to be really interesting to see what managers do in, in those competitions uh, obviously in the Champions League going to play your strongest team Europa League especially in the group phase we saw Arsenal play at field some youngsters but again as you said there's going to be opportunity there because uh, <laughs> because those guys are going to be cheaper you, you, you're looking at if you, if you find the next Koke you're looking at a 200-300% return which is crazy money to be made isn't it? Yeah exactly that's, that's, what, that's what you'll be looking at and I think obviously you'll be looking at what kind of teams people field in, in the Europa League the bigger teams and like I said you'll also be looking at who might potentially be dropping out of that Champions League into the Euro League um, and seeing like you know what what kind of teams will be dropping out of there and who you can buy in there because they'll obviously get a rise as well because whoever's favourites to win it are going to get players that rise just like Atletico did. Yeah it's crazy isn't it I mean last season we saw instead of lots of Atletico players falling because they left the Champions League they, they rose because they went into the Europa League and obviously with the Europa I think in the last 32 
you have a, a triple day and same in the last 16 as a double day but then from then on in it's it's all triple days isn't it so you, you've got so many opportunities there for for players say if you have a, a player who plays for a Europa League team who plays all uh, six group stage matches and then all the matches up until the final you've got so many opportunities there to win big big dividends and that's that's what it's all about isn't it yeah and of course and with uh, with those big dividends come naturally probably come big big rises as well so 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 it's even better <laughs> maybe one for index traders to have a look at and do a bit more research into the next the next uh, little topic that i want to talk about and this is another thing that someone asked for in the forum and you mentioned young players there earlier do, do you think the and i do air quotes again the young player bubble will burst soon uh whether I think it will or not, I'm not sure, but I think it should. Because, I mean, it was mentioned slightly earlier, but I mean, obviously, football index is driven by dividends. Um, realistically, how how much dividends is Mbappe going to win you? For, in, in Relative to his price, right? So he's like £6 something now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. In terms of during the season, he's playing alongside Neymar. Like, these players that are probably not going to win much, but because they're young, they're suddenly so expensive. I'm not sure about because, you know, that <laughs> doesn't make him the, the best player to have in terms of dividends. But how, how much are people paying for, for, you know, future, the future PB winners, not not the current ones? Because uh, I, I do think that a lot of people think, all right, so Mbappe didn't win much PB dividends last season but if me and you go out and buy Mbappe now what does that matter to us we only care how much he's going to win next season or what he could win next season so is that the argument against that yeah of course but then of course but then you've got to do your research and look at who's playing along you've got to look at who's playing alongside <laughs> <laughs> like he's playing alongside Neymar and if you watch PSG play just like Argentina they give it to Neymar every opportunity yeah. right so yeah I mean if, if Mbappe comes out and smashes PB, then fair play. But I think it's going to take a style change from PSG for that to happen. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at Brazil and, and, and PSG both, likewise, he's got so much power in those teams. And I think that uh, any any style change, he, he really wouldn't like. But uh, I mean, it seems that everyone thinks that they're overinflated, but they keep going up. So, so like... What might be what might be the reason? Like, can you try and put some logic to some of these prices, or, or are you just completely stumped? I mean, from people I've spoken to, because I, I today, literally today in one of the group chats, I was talking about Mbappe's price, and he said he's the future best player in the world. So that's why you know he's not he's fair price then. But, but again, the reason that I am slightly stumped is because being the best player in the world doesn't make you the best football index player to have. Um, just like Zlatan wasn't the best player in the world, but he was the best guy to have in football index at the time. Wayne Rooney as well. Exactly. Um, and I'm not being funny, but you're waiting longer than three years for Mbappe to be the best player in the world. I can tell you that now. <laughs> I mean, the, the way that Ronaldo and Messi are going at the moment, I mean, um, and Neymar as well, obviously. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against you there. Yeah, mate. I mean, of course, there, there are players that... That that of course have some argument. I mean, like there there are some, but like I think there there are several that are so overinflated in my opinion. I mean, you you've only got to look as far as Tahith Chong or or something like that, <laughs> who who is something ridiculous, and he's not. I don't think he even played a first team game yet. Like it's I, those players, I expect to burst as soon as people start realizing that he's not going to win anything. Like if you put it this way, when there's a lot of opportunity and lots of um. 
I don't know, as you said, opportunity to to make a lot of money on on these players because because of the volatility, then who are you going to sell first? You're not going to sell someone who might win PB next weekend. You're going to probably you're probably going to sell uh, someone like as you mentioned the, those youth team guys that haven't even broken through yet. So is that why people might not be so or, or shouldn't be so comfortable on these players? Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's that would be my view on it. I think. And fair play, you know, people probably probably bigger people with bigger portfolios who want to sit on that might might have bought a load in, and that might be hence why there's a quite a big price rise. And then not when they get bored, but when they need that money elsewhere, that could be that could be a lot of futures gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So that I'm not that's fair enough. That's people's like you know strategy, but I'd definitely be wary about buying into somebody as you're not going to get a return in three years and. Not because I expect you to hold for dividends, but more so because uh, generally I'd be surprised they get a large price rise from people. Yeah, but I mean, you mentioned price rise there. It's the reason people are buying these players because they continue to go up. It's the kind of the the greater fool theory, right? You you buy not because of the returns, you buy just because the price is increasing, right? Yeah, definitely. And I I just, I just find that side of it a bit unpredictable for me. Um, I don't know which you've seen players going to go up next unless I've seen it retweeted on Twitter. But, but I mean, I can kind of work out the cycles, right? So I can buy for those rises still without having to worry too much about who it's going to be or whether they're going to fall. But with, you know, new youth team players, half the time you don't know who it's going to be. Definitely. But I do think that that's why a lot of people do buy these players because they continue to steadily go up as young players. And you look at their charts and you're like, well... Why why would they go down from here? Um, what would be the reason? And and the reason when they some of these guys do go down is going to be injury, um, lack of PB returns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a tough one. Like the reason people buy at the moment is obviously because they continually to they continue to go up. But there has to be a point. There has to be a point. Like they can't go up forever. And I think that if you're on these players. You know, bubbles only pop when the when the lack of utility of of an asset surfaces, right? So what that means is like when people start realizing, as you said, that these guys don't return PB, when people realize that your money might be better placed elsewhere, and when it means no dividends are being yielded by certain young players, they're gonna fall, and that's how it's gonna be. But at the same time, what I've just said has been completely contradicted by the market. So who actually knows? Yeah, I mean, I mean sometimes I. I do think to myself that maybe sometimes put like the how good your purchases can be clouded by the market rising generally. So like I mentioned earlier, when I come on a year ago, which was still pretty early, um, it was difficult to make a bad buy. Yeah. Because naturally the market was just growing anyway. Um so yeah, I, I do I do agree that it is completely against you know, the logic of how the market works. But at the same time, you, I don't know, you'd, you'd kind of expect people to trade, not how it should be traded in the community, but how Winx is designed for you to trade. Because it is designed to trade based on dividends, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, as you said, this is this is the, the lifeblood and the fuel of the index. So what? why... Is is this maybe an educational thing? Like not an educational, but like an on. But we talked about onboarding in the last in the last episode. Is this because people don't understand the importance of dividends when they first come on the platform? This is where you need a break, and you say hit up Figs Beginners Guide. 
<laughs> that's that's well, basically uh, what's going on. Pl- pluggity plug. Um, if you haven't if you haven't watched the beginner's guide, go over to to my YouTube channel and do watch that because uh, as as Chris has just rightly said, uh, I should I should plug it more often. But but yeah, that might that might be one thing, right? People might just might not not realize uh, how important dividends are to not only the value of what you're buying into, but also to football index as a business. Uh, and I I really do think that when people log on to football index, I mean. <laughs> It's not that easy to understand how the market as a whole works. So what's a good buy, what's a bad, or kind of how it works. So I think something for me especially, something that's helped me make consistent profits has been using the cycles that we spoke about because they are are so – well, you know what they're going to be six months in advance, and it's something that you can rely on to make that money. Whereas when I first started off, I was buying all sorts, left, right, centre – some of them stuck, some of them didn't. Um, the ones that stuck, I thought, oh, great trade. And in reality, it's, long term, there was no kind of strategy to it. Um, whereas to make consistent money, there, there, there's got to be some strategy to it. Mm, exactly. Like you, The sooner you realise how important those dividends are to to traders and to football index, I think, the as you said, the, the, the better place you are to, to understand how you can get in and out of the correct cycles at the at the right time and then and that's how you're going to make more money isn't it and i mean we've just talked about players rising and rising and rising but another thing that people really wanted to to ask about on the forum and, and on twitter and people that i've talked to is when, when do players prices stop i mean they currently made neymar's at 13 pounds right and i i did some uh did some quick calculations if he if he wins the full house that's triple pb win and a media win that's one point seven eight percent of his, his price current recording if he wins uh triple pb uh you know with star uh he gets 1.4 percent returns on his on his current price uh if he wins the 8p uh media spot he gets 0.62 percent returns on him uh if he comes second place that's 0.39 percent and third place is 0.16 percent so uh, at one at what point do we stop seeing players rise <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know i think it I mean, I was looking at it. You remember when I think it was Zlatan who was top of the market at about £4 or something. And people were saying, no one's going to break that £10 barrier. But it happened, obviously. Um, And I don't know. I just think maybe the whole fact that people maybe aren't educated in how the market works, um, that might have some input to do with it. Because I can imagine, I don't know, but new people logging on and going, best player on the index is Neymar or whatever it is, let me buy him. It, whereas in reality, you compare those returns to, I don't know, pre-PB cycle, buying however many of these City players, it would have been a lot more beneficial. Um, but I think maybe a lack of, not lack of education, but the, an understanding of how you can make more money rather than just buying the top players and waiting for the market to rise. Because in reality, you're not you're not making strategic buys, you're more kind of investing in football index in that sense mm, that's that's totally true I, I like that statement you're not you're not particularly buying in on on the potential returns from, the, from those players you might be just buying into the market and, and buying the market as a whole but as you said there's obviously better buyers with relative to the capital and you can make more percentage returns elsewhere but is the reason Neymar and these big guys attractive because of the low effort and, and moderate returns that are available from that low effort 
I mean, I mean, definitely. And I, I, there isn't a right or wrong strategy. It's what people are happy with, of course. Um, I think people that might have a lot of capital and don't want to, don't have much time or don't want to spend time on it, go pick a player that's going to return you some money with with some capital appreciation on the side. I think that's that's fair enough. Um, but if you have got time on the index, then I, I just, from my point of view, I don't actually see why you'd go for go for someone to sit on them, maybe get a rise. But in reality, you're sitting on for the dividends when there are so many better options. Totally true. I mean, uh, the thing is, like, what what realistically does does Neymar as the most expensive guy on the index have to return yearly? What what would you be happy as a, a rate of return? And not looking at the rest of the market, what, what would you be happy with? 10, 15, 20%? Yeah, if I was new to the market, I didn't know I could make two, 300%. <laughs> then yeah probably something between something like 15 20 percent i'd be happy with if i was new and i was chucking in money into him then then yeah probably probably but most of the people on here do know the market you know yeah that's true but if, if you do say 10 15 percent and he gets to 20 pounds i know that's 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 that sounds like a monstrous number we never thought we'd see a 10 pound player alone 20 pound yeah we said it so many times but if he gets 20 pounds that means he has to return I know you're looking about three pounds for fifteen percent, and even then, if he does return fifteen percent uh, from from dividend returns alone, he might not get that much capital appreciation just because he costs so much. At twenty pounds, you're you're looking at uh, you're looking at yeah, spending two grand on a hundred futures is ridiculous. I know everybody knows it anyway, but the amount of like the percentage on investment that you can make slightly lower down is like so much better if that is if you're not wanting to sit on these players um yeah yeah that's that's all i've got to say really (laughs) that's all you've got that's all you've got but i always think like i guess it's great to be diversified and it's obviously great to have those and a lot of people have come on here before and said uh, i like having those staple holds sometimes to, to keep everything ticking over and even maybe if you have like a, a down month in terms of capital appreciation maybe those dividends uh, kind of mitigate that loss so it, it's, it's trying to find that balance I think and I, I guess that with more and more money coming into the index what Neymar becomes is kind of like a safe place to put money and I think when people have a lot of money in their balances that's what they look at, right? They think, right, I've, I've got loads of money. If I don't spend it, someone's going to spend it before me. Let me panic. And then when they do panic, they either make stupid buys, uh, silly buys that might not make them that much money, or they just put it in those safe guys that if you look historically over the two-year charts or year chart, they've gone progressively steadily upwards. Yeah, I mean, that that's obviously what people want to do with it. And just touching on your point earlier, I just think spending that much money on a player who who's you're not sure about a big rise i think you could your money could be spent so much better elsewhere i think if you're gonna if you want to put it in a safe hole try and find somebody that kind of is pre that player's uh, rise so try and find a kind of a cycle for that player that hasn't hit that peak yet and then put it in that player but at least try and put it in before he's had a massive rise <laughs> and I think it hasn't helped that we've had these um, 
like deposit bonus at trader meets because I think SOTD quite rightly said to me that well the money might go into big players because if you're getting 20% on a deposit bonus you, what you're going to look at it as is 20% off the top players so you're actually buying Neymar at um, nearer to £10 rather than £13 with that deposit bonus so it's a, it's a weird way to look at it but it's it's kind of a true way to look at it because people are just saying look I've got uh, I've chucked in 5k I've got I've got a K free and, and this is what I'm going to do with it because realistically everyone's 20% off in my eyes right uh, which is a strange way as you said to, to look at it but but it kind of makes sense and it kind of makes sense but but when 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 players do maybe get to those big prices 20 pounds whatever do you think football index are gonna have to raise dividends again or are we gonna look at um this old old chestnut dividends yeah i mean the dividend share split uh argument again like i'm just not sure where we're gonna go because obviously for football index as a business you want to at one point at some point limit your limit the amount of dividends that you're paying out and you want to keep that a constant point and but what does happen if if someone like Neymar dominates for so long and and people want to buy in but they can't afford to or don't want to but that's the kind of player that they want to buy regardless of returns like they want the 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 star name in their portfolio how the football index balance it up with uh with not putting their business model at risk and 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 not uh upsetting traders by either you know share splitting or or, uh increasing dividends i i I don't really know what the the correct answer is maybe we have to wait for for after the 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 order book thing to happen and then have a look at it but uh because obviously that's maybe the elephant in the room what how's that going to work but i think dividends are, are already like people some players like i think someone someone tweeted it the other day that uh that messi was going to do like nearly 0.5 percent of his dividend returns in, in in a single game day so maybe when you look at it that way it's you know the dividends don't need to go up for for a significant amount of time, but it, it's the question is like, what do we do when we get to that point? What does football index do when we get to that point? And I'm not sure I've got the answer. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure either, to be honest. I mean, obviously they can look at increasing the dividends where so it makes them a bit more attractive. But then, like you said, that can they afford to pay out those dividends? Um, they can do a share split, but then how many share splits can they do? Because obviously they they've done how many is it one or two already? Uh, one one share split so far. I think it was uh, I think it was during the Euro, the last Euros actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Euro twenty sixteen. I think that was just before I came on. Um, but obviously, if you do a share split, that means I mean, unless I know people think otherwise, but that means dividends will be halved as well, or whatever it is. Um, then it's, it's then it's just a question of like. How low can they make the dividends until they become unattractive, or how high can they? Sorry, how low can they make the um, yeah, dividends until they become unattractive, or how high can they make them to be attractive? Do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like how 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 low can the dividends be for for players to increase to a certain point? Because the, the reason why people have these massive rises, right? Say we talked about the Europa League having those big 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 PB return days when you have the last 32 and the last 16 quarterfinals. The reason why these, I'm going to call them the co-case of, of this world and football index like last season, the reason why they get those massive rises is because the dividends on offer are big. And I'm not sure if that's going to work out the same way, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to, how it's going to work, but I guess we'll, we'll, 
cross that bridge when we get there as a as a as football index will do as a, as a business but as we will do as a community as well but i think the last topic that i want to talk about is um oh yeah so like in the last trader meet i had a chat with adam cole and i think he's he's mentioned this at a few other trader meets and he's talked about like expanding into other indices so for example nba nfl tennis i think i know he's a massive tennis fan absolutely massive tennis fan um <laughs> um what are your opinions on these these kind of ideas that are getting checked about do you think it's uh priorities to fix this platform first i mean i i do think in ideal world they want to get this platform to where they want it so they want to put this order book in so that we can trade between ourselves because they've said that that's what they want um i think probably beneficial to get that sorted yeah. um maybe not all the small changes but the, the big changes of the order book which is obviously going to be which is going to be massive um Get those big changes done out of the way, and then and then so your time's not too split between the two. Um, yeah. I, I, I love the idea of you know a an NFL or an NBA index or tennis or whatever it is. I love that idea, and I think all a lot of the traders will just purely because they'll think that they can get in early on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I missed the first one. Like even if I don't know the sport, let me get in on. The yeah, second. exactly. And I'm one of them as well, sir. <laughs> Of course, uh, everybody's would be would be really interested. I think they might have struggled because if you look at how popular football is, yeah, in comparison to tennis, and obviously the way tennis works, just using it as an example, is obviously uh, you, in cycles. Obviously, there's only certain tournaments, and yeah, there's only four major tournaments, isn't there? You have got the US, Australian Open, French Open, and then Wimbledon. Jesus, look at that tennis. <laughs> yeah. You're talking to Adam Cole too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but the idea of maybe an NBA one or something similar where there's a big sport that a lot of people watch, that could be a good idea. I know there was that Celeb Index or whatever it was, yeah, that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that works. <laughs> no, but you know, something where everybody can get involved, I think, is an ideal. is ideal. But in reality... Could they make more money just making Football Index the big one? Because in, the amount of supporters and fans and people that bet as well, it just it must smash tennis and all that out of the water. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I, I often think that these things might depend on how international they go and how quickly that happens. Like if they can move to America not move to America or have the product available in America, then obviously NFL and NBA are areas that you're going to have to look at. Tennis, I'm not so sure. As you said, is it that popular? There's four big tournaments where probably the majority of viewership comes, uh, especially, you know, Wimbledon in this country. So, and also if tennis is one of them where you've had four guys dominate the sport pretty much for the last, like, I don't know how many years you've got Djokovic, Murray, uh, Nadal and Federer who have just been there and thereabouts for so long. I don't know how much scope there is and how much diversity there is in like the players. I mean, as you mentioned, NBA, there's 32 teams and uh, each squad has like 10, 15 players. You've got quite big scope there. Same with NFL. You've got so many players on each team. I don't know how many players there are in the NFL. I'm not that uh, big of an American football fan, but uh, the, the worry I'd have about tennis is there's not actually that many well-known players. No, I agree. I mean, realistically, is I don't know any of the players anymore. But are any is the up-and-coming English tennis player going to get much media attention? I don't reckon. Um, 
I mean, the only cycle I can really think of is that when when that French Open comes up on clay, Nadal's going to ride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's about that's the only that, cycle I can think of. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that as well. Yeah, Andy Murray and Wimbledon as well. Well, you know, well, whatever. He'd be crashing right now, wouldn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He would, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I bet there'd be a big spread on him. But uh, <laughs> you're not it, wrong. Is it, is it frustrating that these uh, big ideas are not being revealed but being tossed around by Football Index when there are these so many like little bugs that Football Index need to fit on, fix on the current platform that maybe when people or, or Football Index guys start talking about, you know, tennis index, NFL index, whatever, and you talk about all these big ideas that they want to implement in the future, and then you talk about order books and you talk about uh, Sky, the Sky deal, uh, and we've not, even, we've not got that much information about that. Is, is it frustrating when we get these kind of big ideas thrown at us? Well, yeah, well let's be fair, I think, as a football index community, we if we hear something, we generally a lot of us take it and we run. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. let's be fair to football index that sometimes I feel like they're just throwing. They're, should maybe they shouldn't be throwing out ideas, but sometimes I feel like they're just throwing out ideas, and I don't think necessarily that they're telling us this is the plan, this is what's going to happen. But that's what tends to happen with the reaction of football index community. Um, so I think take what they say with a pinch of salt, unless it's something serious. Um, yeah, that, I mean that's that's it really. I think maybe yeah they should focus on on the normal on the normal football index with football and they should focus on getting this right. But at the same time, don't take what they say and just run away with it because you'll only do yourself you won't do yourself any favors. Yeah, for sure. And I, we've seen it on Twitter before where in Adam Cole's Q and A's, and I know they're not as uh, prevalent as they once were. Uh, I think the trader meets are probably more important ones, but he he used to do the Q and A's more often. And and sometimes when people talked about like I don't know goalkeepers having their own uh, category, and I do remember him once tweeting being like, "Well, we've never thought that that would be attractive to traders, but if if there's enough interest, then." we're going to probably have a look at it. So maybe maybe traders think that way, like on Twitter. They think that if enough people talk about the certain idea that I like, Football Index might stand up and pay attention, right? So maybe Football Index's way of doing things is, right, let's, let's throw all these ideas out, let's see what generates the most interest, and then we can have a look at how easy it is to implement them. And maybe it's not the right way, but it could be frustrating, right? Yeah, definitely. I can understand that. Maybe it's just the, maybe it's just some of the uh, Twitter guys trying to get ahead of the ahead of the goalkeeper cycle. I don't know, but, but no, of course I do understand it can be a bit frustrating. I think maybe for, football index, obviously they're relatively new and they wanna they wanna hear people's opinions, of course, and they they what they do want to hear it, but in reality, not everything that. Like I said, the, an idea doesn't mean it's going to happen, and it, sometimes it does come across like all of us, not not everyone else, me included. Sometimes Foot Windex might say something, um, and everyone's so quick to jump on that bandwagon, and yeah. it's just just give them just give them a little bit of a break, you know, because sometimes yeah. they're very quick to slate, and we got uh, we got a great you know platform. Um, which is going from strength to strength. To be fair, every issue we've had to an extent has been resolved. Um, no matter how long it's taken, it it, it has been resolved. Um, she needs to cut him some slack. Yeah, I, I tend to agree to, to the most part, but also it's kind of the, the nature of which how startups work, right? And I mentioned this on the podcast with Adam Cole uh, a few episodes back, where with a startup you have a lot of ideas, you just throw them at the throw all of them at the wall, and then whichever one stick, 
you just continue developing and that's kind of probably what happens right when they brainstorm like where they see themselves in six months a year uh, and they think of how many ideas they could have from a product perspective from a marketing point of view from all these other areas and verticals of the business which ones stick and which ones are developed and which ones get gay get the biggest and best reaction from a community might matter to football index and it might matter to them going forward yeah yeah 100 and that like you said that's how startups happen but at the same time some of the ideas that they have now they might find are not feasible later on so they might be throwing ideas out, but that doesn't mean they're going to happen um so that, that's where i think take it for a pinch of salt because they want to know and if it, it might not work um it's a bit similar to when I first started on the index. Like I'm just trying everything and some, something works, something doesn't. And you take it from, you take what you can from it and move on. Yeah, definitely. I I, I do agree that we, we have to sometimes remember that uh, like when we joined the platform, as you just mentioned, we grow and learn and become better. Football index are only going to be three years old in October. So they're also learning yeah they, they're also learning at the same time as, as us so it's going to be one of those things where we might have to have a bit of patience but they, they have been more professional in the last six to nine months i think we've seen a few a few times where um they've thrown out statements about uh, i don't know when dividends haven't been paid out or um or when pb has been broken and, and not been instantaneous stuff like that they've, they've been a bit better uh with their customer service twitter handle and with with statements coming from adam cole and, and the rest of the guys i've seen uh, mike from football index be a bit more active on the twitter community i saw him talking to to a few uh guys on twitter today about some of the bugs that they want fixing and he was kind of asking like what data points do people most want to see and what kind of examples of you know we've got the edges of this world the football index edge uh what, what kind of products do, do they like using people with telling them to have a look at the fancy football scout uh website that have a massive like really rigorous database for, for fancy football users and just throwing these ideas to, to these guys and saying look that this is what's working in the world currently like just take take from them and 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 alter it to, to a football index version make 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 something like this that's going to please a lot of users that makes sense and to, to a certain extent that's what they have done with opta um because they've used their system and just like they can they can use the likes of edge or the likes of these people that you that get gather information and they, they can use that for sure i think that's obviously a smart way of doing it, it saves them a lot of hassle it, it means the community is going to be happier because they're not waiting three weeks for something to be changed like it, it of course they got to use they got to use what they can but they have come on leaps and bounds to be fair like you said in the last six to nine months it, with regards to keeping the community like at calm and at rest they've, they've been a lot better at that because it was maybe a year ago you'd get statements left right center contradicting each other and throwing people into an uproar whereas now everything seems to be a lot more like professional i think yeah slightly more siloed and centralized i think that people were they may be trying to get that the same message coming from all ends of the company, which obviously helps us all out because you could call them and you'd get one thing, get on customer support, online service, get one thing, get something else from an email. And then you get Adam Cole tweeting something completely different. So uh, maybe we're heading in the, the right direction. And I, I think that because the changes are so incremental, I don't think people realize that wait, actually six, nine months ago, it was a lot crappier than it is now. Uh, so uh, like we, the, the, what I'm trying to say is that, when you have these big changes, you're obviously going to realize them a lot 
they're going to be right more in your face and they're going to surface a lot quicker but when the, the changes are slightly more incremental it's it's less obvious to the to the naked eye and less obvious for sure from the outside in and i know they they hired a, a new acquisitions guy in september and by january february uh, and i saw this with a lot of data that i collect through my, my listeners on on the podcast and a lot of other twitter stuff that i that i do um i saw like massive spikes as soon as we hit january february and that's obviously because of like a a big marketing push that they did it around like christmas time but also uh their their acquisition uh, strategy changed slightly i know that for sure and uh it, it it definitely came on leaps and bounds just from that point of view and, and what you might be thinking and listening like why why is that important to me well the more people on the index the more money in it so the better it is for you yeah i mean there's these there's obviously a lot of things that you don't see that that are going to benefit you like you said it's the changes that people care about are the one the people the ones that people care about directly are the ones that they see on their phone or on the screen in front of them when in reality the changes that probably going to make the biggest differences are going to be the ones that people don't see like the the advertisement or the marketing pushes or whatever it is like you said we saw huge increases in that december january time i think it was like massive and um yeah i mean they're, they're, they're going from strength to strength and like you said they're, they're early and they're, they're still going to be learning from from us and and whatnot but it's got to be patient at times but i mean in the in the in the late then they've been they've been bang on for me yeah, I also find it quite funny when when there is that buzz, when we did have that like January, February time, people were a lot more positive, like when there was a lot more money flow again, people weren't really complaining about stuff. And now that maybe, I don't know, the World Cup wasn't as massive for the index as maybe a lot of people hoped. Uh, there was a lot of hype, a lot of, uh, apparently, uh, in air quotes, the market stagnant compared to, you know, rocket rocket ships everywhere, like players rising 70, 80 P. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe when we do have that same buzz and i think that will happen when we start the season there's going to be like a lot more new entrants to the market in the next couple months before the new season and i think we'll we'll have that same buzz maybe not the same rises but the same buzz i think will we'll come back and that feel good factor will come back and people will stop uh, not complaining not nagging but they, they won't uh, highlight mistakes and and uh, you know functionalities that aren't there from football index as much just because you know everything's rosy on 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 the football index portfolio side of things yeah i mean i think the world cup being here is obviously it's not normal so it's not the normal kind of transition that we've had right over the over the last few years yeah um so naturally people might not know quite how to trade that um like we said there are there are loads of different cycles coming up or ones that have even happened and World Cup hasn't taken off how we expected it to, maybe, and people have reacted to that differently. I mean, I could I could imagine, I don't know, someone investing heavily in World Cup players and maybe not going to plan and then suddenly the market's stagnant when in reality things have just kind of gone on as normal, you know. it's uh, I can't wait to get back to normality and then everyone can be at least half happy again. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, mate, you and me both. But I think that's uh, a nice kind of positive way to, to to wrap things up so chris thanks so much for coming on man why, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find out more about you where they can follow you and, ex- and all that jazz yeah well just find me on twitter my my handles for the index info and um yeah we have a bit of banter don't we on the group chat and the timeline so just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's good fun all good fun in the football index twitter community do you actually provide any, any info or is that just like a bit of a um, 
Yeah, it's a bit like your beginner's guide. <laughs> Fair play. Well, do do give him a follow. He's a, he's a funny bloke. And uh, as I said, he's been on the index for a little bit. But yeah, if you guys did enjoy that, please do subscribe. Tell your friends. And uh, yeah, hopefully your commute's not that bad. And, you know, if you're coming home and don't fancy watching World Cup for some reason, I'd rather get on YouTube and watch some of my videos, please do that. Like them and subscribe on there as well. But yeah, uh, as I mentioned, I think I started making like uh, football index content pretty much like a week ago a year ago today so uh it's, it's been a good ride thanks so much for everyone who's supported so far and uh yeah thanks for coming on chris